Welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. I'm your host, Dave Dunning, and with me tonight, I have three of the finest. I've got Dave Caron in Brazil. How are you doing, Dave? I'm fine, Dave. Thanks for asking. That's no problem at all. Anytime, <laughs> good, sir. I'm fine, too. Thanks for asking. Um, I've also... We don't got, care. I've also, <laughs> I've also got Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, how are you doing? Oh, all right, man. Thanks a lot. How's it going? All good? Good. Good. Yes, good. Thanks very much, Chief, for asking. Yes, it's great. Thanks. And uh, and finally, I've got Johnny Henderson um, from Donegal via Belfast, or maybe the other way around. I'm not quite sure anymore. How are you, Johnny? I'm all right. I've got a wee dose of uh, man flu, but I'm confident I can put in a better performance than some of our senior players last night. So. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't need more much more in the lamp to do that now, would you? Anyhow. Yes, anyhow, so we'll get into it. So we have a fair bit to cover. For one reason or another, we didn't come to you last week after the City game, so we'll touch on it briefly. I don't know whether it was depression, severe hangovers, or just um, a bit of quality time with ourselves. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, we'll touch on that for a while, Um, just to kick off. Johnny, there wasn't much between the two teams. It was... It was... A game of the finest fine margins and margins, and have pretty much almost summed up the season in a whole so far. Um, how the game panned out, uh, it was nip and tuck the whole way. What did you think? Did you think of the, did you think it was an opportunity missed, or do you think we could still walk away from that in a good position with with our heads held high? Yeah, I mean, it was. I actually thought the performance was all right. Um, I, I thought, I thought first of all, it was uh, it was an unbelievable game between two two very good teams. Um, I thought that uh, you know that the overall standard of it was was very high, but it came down to really fine margins, didn't it? In the end, and uh, that was the the finest of margins was. Was obviously the was the goal line clearance, and I know Dave, you were particularly frustrated with Dave's newfound thing now is giving off at people in the pub who shout before it's actually a goal. Isn't that right, Dave? I was furious, absolutely furious. It happened twice. It happened when I hit the post, and then it happened with Salah's chance, and then I started <laughs> just I just started giving out to like uh, just dozens of people. Oh, you're, you're probably you're drunk. Really, but, but, you're in a bar, like you know. Let's put it into context. You're in a bar. Generally, people are drunk and they're you know celebrating too soon. Dave, you're pedantic. Yeah, it, it, it really was. It was. He was. He was having none of it. But um, no, it was. I I think overall, listen. I think Liverpool can walk away. I I think one of one of the things we you know we all knew if there's going to be a team that's going to beat us this season, it's probably going to be City away. That's your game. That's your acid test. Um, did we come out of that game going, oh God, we're miles behind these boys. You know, um, can, can we really stay ahead of them? Absolutely not. I didn't feel that. Um, I felt coming out of it, you know, it was a game of really fine margins. I think if, you know, that, ball travels that extra whatever number of fucking millimetres it was I think if we'd have taken the lead they were never beating us um, I thought we weren't great in the first half I thought we I thought we were actually playing at a really seriously high level um, up, 
up until the equaliser. There was about a five or ten minute spell where it just felt like we were getting on top and we were starting to play with a swagger and we were pushing them further and further back. So I think a big disappointment was to concede in the manner that we did. You know, the goal we scored, like there's... First of all, just think about the goals. Aguero's was a wonder strike. I mean, Lovren should have been more switched on and alert. Yeah, of course he should, but it's still a, it's still an unbelievable goal. But our equaliser, and there's not really been enough said about our equaliser. That's probably um, the best goal we've scored this season. And to do that at the Etihad in those circumstances, you know, we, we you know, in the last half hour of a, a big critical game like that was was just incredible. I thought we were we were so good the way. Trent switched the play once, you know, with that big diagonal, and then we just kept it, we moved it, and then drops a shoulder, picks out Robertson. Um, and for me, Dave, just a big disappointment was we didn't, you know, we, we, we just then didn't give ourselves long enough level to really make them panic and really press home our, our dominance. We got caught up the pitch for one time, and, uh, you know, we're just a bit too far up the pitch. Sane hits it. Yeah, I think it goes through trans legs. It just goes in off the one. So I think there was a lot positive. And yeah, listen, it was a sickener. We didn't get the, the draw or the win, which would have put us in an outstanding position. But there's no doubt City will be, we, we should be coming out of that game thinking, you know, fair enough, they're a great side. They're going to push us hard. But I didn't see any anything there that didn't tell me uh, that we can't win the league. Uh, I think the, the guys will probably talk a bit more about the team selection. I think... You know, especially in midfield, I think not starting Fabinho was probably a mistake. Mulder's looked leggy for a while, but uh, I'm not too disheartened by it, Dave. I just think it, it's it's what it is now, especially after what happened at Wolves. You know, the Brighton game's the biggest game of the season now, and that's that's the way it is. Yeah, every game's the biggest game of the season, the way they are at the moment, and who would have it any other way? Dave, Johnny touched on a, on a point there, that the midfield three that Klopp selected has, has come under a bit of criticism. Now, I always feel in these types of games that he, he he likes to take the Alex Ferguson approach where, you know, you could pretty much be nailed on that in the latter years of Alex Ferguson in the big games, he'd go Karen Fletcher, Parksy Song in the middle of the park and that would pretty much be it um, because he could trust them and they knew exactly what they were supposed to do and they would run through brick walls for the manager. And I feel that's probably what he did with with Henderson, Milner and Wijnaldum. Um, certainly the former and the latter. What did you think of the midfield selection? Would you have done something different? How do you think it affected the game? Dave, if you recall the last podcast, you know, the, we, we said the goalkeeper in a back four set in stone. You know, was what we had. There was no argument over it. The, the next name on the, on the sheet for me was uh, Fabinho, who didn't appear. But uh, I, I'm bringing you a wee stat. You know, you talk about you know, Jurgen Klopp going with what he's known, what's tried and trusted. Now, this was a big game for us. I don't think anybody could argue. City was a big game this season. And if you take, you know, our last five big games away from Anfield, uh, three in the Champions League, um, the Champions League final of last season, and away to Roma, <laughs> the same three culprits are there for all those losses away from home. So the evidence is there in a big game um, that these three are not the three that you want. I, I, I don't understand why he didn't go. I, 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 I'm amongst a lot of people who don't understand why he didn't go for, with Fabinho from the start. Um, I, I have no problem with either, either Milner or Henderson. Um, you know, but the two of them together, 
And, you know, we've mentioned that James Milner looks a little bit leggy at the moment. He's, he's certainly not, doesn't seem to have the engine that he had certainly at the start of the season. And you know, we watched this with Gerard, and it just, boom, it just starts to go one day and it starts to, to slip away. And I'm just worried that we're maybe in that with him. Um, again, you know, maybe, it, you know, people said, was it was at the game for Naby Keita. Well, on last night's evidence, maybe, you know, he, he's not starting for a reason, Dave. But, you know, I, I don't want to linger on it too long. This game's gone. We've even played again. So, you know, for, for me, Jurgen Klopp got the midfield wrong. I, I hope the next time we go away from home in a big game for us that we don't see these three. That's, and, and, you know, I agree with everything that Johnny said. Um, you know, there's no disgrace in losing. There, there, there's a way to lose, right? And, and, you know, City don't have many battles in the season. You know, we've had a couple already, uh, Paris Saint-Germain and whatnot. You know, we're, we're a team who thrives in battles. And I still think that we had enough to, 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 to get a draw and even a win. It was such fine margins. But I have no complaints about the loss. And, like, let's face it, four points ahead. Happy days. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, Keith, I know you were annoyed at the result. Um, Dave touched on the mid V3 there. I thought... Henderson was probably our best player, if not Van Dyke, on the night. Um, I thought both of them were the standout performers. Um, it would have been nice to have a standout performer in one of those attacking three. So, what do you think happened? I, you know, I presumed that that Salah was going to try and get at the port. Uh, we kind of knew we were going to go four three three. But do you think that that's a symptom of how City defended? Do you think that's a symptom of, of how those three played on the night? Or do you think that that is a result of the midfield that he picked? Um, Dory, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say... Well, I would probably go lean towards what you said first there. I mean, you've got to remember at Anfield... Pep Guardiola and City turned up and you know changed the way they played and and played a, played under nil nil and could have nicked it at the end with a with a penalty but obviously didn't. Um, but the main feature of that game was that uh, both sides managed to block the passing lanes really really well and therefore give the man on the ball very very few opportunities. So there were far few far fewer chances created. Than, uh, than in previous games involving those two clubs where there have been like five ones and five nils and four ones and four threes and all kinds of, you know, very high scoring games. Um, and I think it was very, very similar on uh, <clears throat> last Thursday. Um, I think they played very, very well out of possession. I think Fernandinho was excellent, although should have been booked early on. And once he has been, then probably picks up a second yellow at some point. A company get gets massively lucky, he should go. And once he gets away with that and gets a yellow, he's never going to get a second one. And he actually gains massive confidence from from kind of getting away with that one and grows into the game and that actually has a good game for them. Um, and I think, actually, we, you know, we there's five minutes before we hit the post and uh, and have that, that freakish moment where John Stones nearly scores the most comical own goal I've ever seen. Or probably it would be Ederson's OG, would it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like that, near, like that nearly goes in three times. It hits the post, then Stones it kicks it off Ederson in, and then when Stones clears it, he manages to 
Nutmeg. Nutmeg Salah, which is nuts. So when it doesn't go in in any of those three occasions, well, you're, you're kind of looking at the looking up to the gods, aren't you? As you said earlier. Well, I mean, the chances first. First, it should go in because it hits the inside of the post. It's not going that quickly. You probably think seven times out of ten that hits the post and goes in, and it comes out. John Stones whacks it off Ederson. <sighs> Without goal line technology, that goal probably gets given. You know that 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 probably gets given as a goal. I should say you're probably right. Yeah, to the naked eye, like that's over the line. Um. Um, and then, as you say, the the final clearance goes through goes through Salah's legs, and the chances of all three of those things happening and us not scoring there in the game of that magnitude, where it's so important to get the first goal, you kind of know that's how football goes. You're going to concede first, then, you know, and especially when you're playing against a, a Man City, you know, the only other team I would say in the league that's, I think it's fair to say that that's properly on on our level. I mean, I think it's it's fairly. Um, <clears throat> agreed at the moment that, that Liverpool and Man City are, are the two teams head, sort of head and shoulders above the rest. Spurs are right up there in terms of points, but you know both both sides have comfortably beaten Tottenham this season. Um, and yeah, it was one of them once they scored first. Then I mean they scored exactly the right time, forty four minutes. Guerrero smashes it in. But in terms of our front three, I think what, what I was getting to was it was five minutes before the goal or before the, the almost goal, the goal that never was, where we, you know, we've played our way in, we've uh, we're probing, we're in control, we're turning the screw a little bit, and then we have that chance, and I think we score there. I I honestly think it's a very different game, and I think we're not talking about no spark coming from the front three because I think City go oh shit, twenty five minutes in they've weathered our storm. We're one nil down. We're ten points behind them, and they then go into a little bit of panic. They, they change their game. They're going to step forward more, take more chances. We're energized by the goal. Mane or Salah or whoever manages to get the goal in the in the in the triumvirate um, is also energized, and so on and so on. The difference between Mane hitting the post there and scoring is huge for his confidence in the game. You would imagine, like, and and you can probably see. He doesn't yeah, want- and he was he was pretty dreadful on the night, all in all, if we be honest. And he very rarely has a bad game, but I wasn't surprised to see him get hooked. No, not at all. But again, if that goes in, it's it's probably a different story. So I think it is such fine margins, and it's always going to be when when it's two absolutely elite clubs. And what you saw there was, yeah, there was a lot of high quality in the game, but I think we actually had showed more of it. I think the, the goal's a good example. I think the the move where we hit the post is also a good example. There were a few other really good moves in the game, um, and I think that you know when 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 it comes down to it, he. he you can't really read that much into a game like that. I mean, you come away if you win that game, you're you're ten points clear. You lose the game by a tiny margin, you're still four points clear. And um, you know, nobody was expecting that, even the beginning of December, even even probably on, you know, tenth of December, whatever, you're not thinking you're gonna be seven points clear city before you play them, or you're gonna be four points clear city after you lose to them. You know? I think it's it's already been mentioned that um you you chalk that one down as a possible or probable defeat, you know, away at the Eddie had whenever you see the fixtures. So it was just one of them. But the midfield and the front three, I think I think we've 
they played well enough. I think, uh, um, yeah, it's documented they're not that creative, but it is his go-to midfield in, in big games. I've also questioned it. I'm also not that happy with it. I think he doesn't go with Fabinho because maybe echoes of the Arsenal game or where, he, where he throws him in and it's maybe a bit too early for him. It's a, a quick midfield. I don't really know. But I think that was his tried and tested midfield. He wanted to go for it. And I think he, he probably regrets it, you know, in the end. But at least what you got from it was Fabinho coming on and having a, having a change in the game a bit. And you're right, the, the second goal for them is a bit of a sucker punch. So it's one of them. What we have to do is get our heads in the game right off the Wolves game, which we're going to come on and talk about, right off the FA Cup, which we have to do now anyway, and come into the Brighton game and, and go and get a result. And if that happens, then City games put to bed. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe the last time we see that midfield three. Um, I think Titus made it difficult for him with the form that he's been in. He, I think, I think everybody expected more from him. I think we certainly at this point of the season now expected more from him, and that's purely going on past recruitment and the length of time that it's taken them to bed. And I think that's why nobody has probably been concerned possibly up until now. But Johnny Wolves was pretty, pretty dire. It was a, it was, it it looked a bit like a thrown together team. Let's be honest. You know, the Lana had to put out last minute. Lovren then has to come off five minutes in. Van Dijk doesn't travel. Um, None of the front three are playing. Um, and based on, let's be honest, the players on the pitch, I think yeah. Wolves maybe caught, I think um, Santo maybe caught uh, caught Klopp a bit cold because I, I didn't expect Wolves to go that strong. And I'm sure based on some of the lineups that you saw from pretty much all the Premier League teams, um, mm. he wasn't expected to go that strong. So um, what was your take on the game itself and be honest are you that bothered no i mean it's 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 been the big debate hasn't it i mean if you're on social media you're on especially on twitter it's almost like a generational gap in between supporters you know there's that era of you know trophies is all that matters and you need to be trying to win every trophy um i'm firmly in the I don't give a fuck about the FA Cup camp um, at the moment, and that's because I think we've got an unbelievable chance of winning the league. Um, I think, Dave, you and we were talking before the pod, you made a good point, you know, when you said, you know, if we'd been 10 points clear after the City game, you'd probably been a bit more annoyed about it. <laughs> that's probably the truth. Um, yeah, I would have been. You know, I would have been more. I would have been more annoyed because I would have been thinking we've got a buffer there and, and maybe, you know, we... We maybe do a bit more to get through the round, but I'm less annoyed because the the picture has shifted and the priorities have shift, shifted based on that loss at City. Exactly, exactly, and that's my own view on it. I mean, I I think as well with the cups, it's a strange one. I mean, I think Klopp's mentality in the cups domestically has been that you know you use them as an opportunity to give players games. But I think if you get further on, if there's an opportunity then to take it more serious when you get into the business end, you know, like the quarters or the semifinals, and you can maybe throw in a few more of your regular big big names, 
then you do so. And I think he showed that, you know, in, in the way. I mean, one of the things that you can't, you know, you can't legislate for is there's a lot of, st- or you know, talk about Liverpool's team and what they picked. The reality is it was a horrendous draw. Um, our League Cup draw was horrendous. We, we drew Chelsea, who were flying at the time under Sarri in the League Cup, albeit that was at home. You know, our first game in the FA Cups against the best team outside the top six. I mean, Wolves are the best team. They've shown that. They've taken points off City. They've gone to Arsenal and got a result. Got a result at uh, Old Trafford. You know, they're no mugs. It was a really bad draw. The fact that they went strong, my own reaction when I saw the two teams pre-game was, you know, we're going to have our hands full here to get anything um, out of this. And I think that's, you know, one thing I could say with Klopp is if you think about, you know, domestically, domestically in the Cups that first season, the way we lost to Man City on the shootout and Mignolet throwing one into the net for them in that game. Um, he hasn't, with the draws especially, I think I've seen somewhere that our last five teams we've drawn in the domestic cups have been Premier League teams, which is pretty incredible. Um, if you think about it, you know, it's, it's, it's you just need a bit of luck sometimes. Maybe next season it'll all change and we'll cruise into the League Cup semi with with a, with a fringe team and everyone will be saying, oh, it's great, Liverpool are challenging on all fronts. But, um, no, I, I, you know, it was a team I, I would have done the same. I would have rested all the front three. I would have rested the big guns. I would have rested Van Dijk. Um, I would have probably played Allison, but he's probably given Mignonet an assurance that he could that he would give him a game. Um, but I think in terms of the game itself, you know, we were pissed. You know, the first half was terrible. We were talking about it here before the pod. One of the worst games of football I think we've seen the first half. Um, first half was shit, wasn't it? Oh, it was grim. It was grim. And, and, and I think as well, what's more disappointing is, you know, the... I'm not that gutted to begin out of it, but it would have been good to see, you know, Sturridge do something. That was an opportunity for him. He was the main man for goals. Just looked lethargic. He looked slow. Shakiri never got into it at all. Origi really struggled first half. Obviously, perks up, takes his goal really well, and then perks up a lot second half. Um, you know, Milner had a really he, he got better, but he was dreadful in the first half. Um, I think he seemed to be almost overcompensating for having the the young kids, and he was he was trying to do a few I think things. That's a bit so, harsh, John, just because of what you said. He, he was he was he was trying to do everything. That's that's where he fell uh, down, in my opinion. But, he, but, he, but he, yeah, and maybe it is harsh. But I just thought, you know, he was used to the ball. He was totally culpable for the. The goal they got as well. I know it wasn't the best of passes in him, but you know he should have dealt with that situation, and he didn't. And um, I, I don't think Mignolet. I, I know it's really harsh, but I don't think Mignolet covers himself in glory. I think potentially Allison saves the two of them, and just so used him coming out at that angle uh, and the shot, the second one. Um, so it's just a disappointing night. You know they get the first goal very cheap. We get a really good equaliser. Neves pings one in, and uh, you know Klopp maybe then just says. Uh, trying to maybe evidence a bit of respect for the cup. Maybe he throws on Firmino, who looked very lively. I must say he looks in good form at the minute. And Salah, but too little, too late, you know. But um, in, in all honesty, I'm not that arsed. But um, what what a prospect the, the, the weed lad, uh, however, looks. I mean, he's 16 years of age. Uh, well, you know, he looks a player. Yeah, he certainly does. I think. It was very noticeable off the ball that that he was sixteen, and I think the I think it was it was very much to me uh, 
the brain of a mature footballer in a boy's body. Um, and he seemed to be manhandled a bit whenever whenever they got close to him. But to be honest, on the ball, really did look unbelievably confident. Um, and his use of the ball was excellent. Um, Dave, Johnny's touched on a number of things there, but we'll stick with the, the young players. Um, obviously, Hoover comes on and makes an impact. Curtis Jones played what looked like left side of midfield in a, in a midfield four, and then you'd Camacho playing. Well, I, I think he was supposed to be playing right back, but he was certainly there on the right hand side somewhere. What did you make of those performances? And the other thing is, does it? The other question I want to ask is, does does that performance concern you with regards to our squad depth at all? Oh, I'll start with squad depth. Jesus. <laughs> and the reason I say that, Dave, is you know, Johnny pointed out that Johnny pointed out the the first goal we concede. Um we've got Moreno at left back, and I don't even know where to begin with him, so no, I'll no, let so someone just else leave do him it. He's, he's, yeah, he's in that position, leave him there. <laughs> right. Um so he plays what I actually thought, Johnny, I think you're giving him a bit of credit. I thought it was a, an absolutely dreadful ball to Milner who's playing the six at the start of the game and really struggles there out of position Fabinho playing centre half then again out of position because we've got no other centre half at this moment in time dives in when he probably shouldn't and then Mignolet is absolutely rooted to his line as the fella runs pretty much 40 yards of the ball so with regards to the depth, yeah. how well equipped do you think we are for a, for an assault on the Premier League and the the Champions League? Well, put it like this, after, after the display last night, I'll be praying every night that nothing happens to Alisson. Because, <laughs> because I I just I just don't want to see that again. You know, I've said to you this this ball that Mingle decided to play last night between the two centre forwards and continually did it. Oh good lord. Um his distribution, it's just you know, you appreciate Allison so much now. I was I was a doubter about Allison, but you know, it only takes ten minutes of mingle for you to go, Oh my god. <laughs> you know, what a different world we're in. Um <clears throat> as for squad depth, Dave, look, it, I think it's very, very unfair and harsh to judge um sir that team as a team because they're not a team. They were muddled together uh to make a team. Um, it's a mishmash of, you know, we had Daniel Sturridge at the beginning of the season, was interested, had his head down, he was, he was wanting to do the job for us. Clearly he hasn't got the contract he wanted, or it's not looking like he's gonna get it. The head's down, and he looked completely disinterested. Um, Origi as well, um, as you say, he perked up a wee bit after the goal, but lethargic, and, and, and you know, you touched on Keita as well. I think he's a quality player, and I think it's just going to take time for it. It's just not happening for the kid at the minute, and there's nothing we're going to do about it. Um, you know, but coming in to replace one player in in a well-oiled machine is 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 fine. So we ha- you have to look at the depth a different way, Dave. It's very very hard to judge it on that team. Um, you know, we we know that we have the option with Shakiri. There's Fabinho there. Uh, you know, Naby Keita will come good. Uh, there's no two ways about that. I, I, I might, might have given him a new deadline 
it's like Brexit or getting these new deadlines um, for March for him to turn good. Because I just think, you know, I've watched enough of him at Leipzig to say that he, he, he's good enough, you know. And, and, you know, some players just take a bit of time to adapt, and I think that's the way he's going to be. Um, certainly, if, if everyone's fit, Dave, um, along the back line, I think we've sort of seen, you know, we didn't touch on Lovren for the City game, fell down after a minute. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how he does his hamstring without running. Um, another question, um, but I, I'd like to see the back of him. And you know, maybe this Nathaniel Phillips might be the the guy to do to, to step in. Um, we saw a bit of him. Um, you asked me about the youngsters. Well, as you say, Camacho, and, and this is another thing. Going back to Johnny's point, Camacho was that far up the pitch. Milner was having to cover for that position too. He was holding the hand of um, young Hoiver and then you've got Fabinho playing out of position as well and, and I say it's, <laughs> you can't be critical of these guys I, I, you just can't because this is a this is a fucking thrown together huddle um, you know Curtis Jones the shadow of the player that we saw in the summer but again he, he's young um, he, he had a tired time uh, Camacho did his thing but as I say it was said earlier on there about about uh, the 16 year old Hoiver um, I, I I hope that he is managed properly. I hope he's not one of these the next Martin Odegaard or or, or one of those. I hope that we manage him properly. Um, that that fame isn't allowed to go to his head, um, and he's developed because he looks to be. I, I, um, I, I think given another couple of years and, and he builds himself up a bit. Uh, what a player that that, that wee run that he had. Eighty um, fourth minute, I think it was. I was almost just saying, like, hey, you know, I've had a tough time, baptism of fire, made a few errors, but you know what? I've been put in here for a reason and I belong. And, you know, fair fair play to Jurgen Klopp for playing a 16-year-old as well. Um, he, he must rate him. So, all's good, Dave. All's good. All right, then, if you say so. Um, Chief, Dave says he, he, he can't be critical of, of players there in a game like that. <laughs> I would like to know what your thoughts are. Is there anybody you can be critical of? <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, I, I understand Dave's point. Like it's definitely a thrown together side, um, and I take that uh, Milner was 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 definitely trying to babysit Hubel, certainly at the beginning. But but I think to be honest, um, that was a mistake. Uh, I don't think he needed to, and I think he realised that he didn't need to after. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, um, and he was better off then. He played better in the second half and uh, while he was on, and, and Hovel did did excellently, to be honest, you know, especially coming on to play a somewhat unfamiliar role. I mean, I know he's played centre-back before, but I think he's played more often at right-back, and, you know, they haven't really found his position yet, so they have to come on and, in an FA Cup third round on the TV um, besides somebody who doesn't play centre back in front of a goat of a keeper who you never want to see pull on the shirt again, um, yeah, I think he did awesome, really, really well. Um, I think, yeah, Miller improved. Uh, I would be very critical of Sturridge. I think he didn't show at all. I think he, he wasn't making any of the runs. I think he, he. I mean, I was watching the the second look on the Anfield wrap earlier, and they ran through Sturridge's stats for the game. Fuck me, the number of zeros, like in terms of uh, shots. He had no shots in the whole game. <laughs> no shots blocked, no shots off target, no shots on target. 
no new contract, nothing. <laughs> That's it. The striker, the senior striker on the pitch. He might not be be being offered a contract at the moment, but you come on, you take that game by the scruff, and you you know score a hat trick. You will, or you you know you don't have to be a miracle worker. You just get yourself involved. You're the senior pro probably on the pitch there. Yeah, but you're going to China head. probably, and, and and it doesn't matter. And and that's honestly what I saw, Neil. And and that's why I don't even want to discuss. You know, that's why I skirted over that because I'm kind of disgusted by it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. So at the end of the day, you can criticise certain players, like and, and Daniel Sturridge is one that that I absolutely would. Divock Origi scores a really good goal, but he was highlighted on the BBC, I think, at, at halftime. I wasn't really listening, but they seemed to be highlighting him anyway and how distance, uh, the, the distance between him and Sturridge and how they weren't playing for each other, how they weren't communicating, so on. I mean, they've played together before a good few times. They've actually looked good together before, but apart from his yeah. goal and showing up... At the same time, they're... Oh, the, sorry, Chief. Go ahead. Sorry, at the same time there, I would I would be far more critical of Sturridge than Origi for that that type of that type of issue with the distance between the two the two centre forwards. And the reason being is that Origi's your target man. And I know it's not exactly the way we play, but Origi's the target man. Origi's the big lad who can flick it on, who can hold it up, who can knock it off. And you if you're a player like Daniel Sturridge. You want to be close to him. You want to be close to him to pick up the scraps, to get on the end of the flick-ons, to, to ping a first-time shot with that left foot with a, a little layoff. And it looked like he had just decided that he was just going to go and play entirely his own game and entirely the whatever area of the pitch that he wanted to play it in, regardless of what his manager told him to do. Or else yeah. he just... Yeah generally couldn't be fucked and decided to remove himself from the game altogether. Well, he just took himself out of the game, really. I was saying earlier about the number of zeros and on his on stats. Um, I think he, he just didn't, didn't try anything. You know, he, he completed 12 passes in the whole game. Um, he played for 70 minutes, I think, you know. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not good. Chief, would you... St- would you would you not say as well? It's like I agree with everything you said. I think he was he was really poor, but I think one of the problems as well is we 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 almost played a system as well that that's our system when we have all our boys playing. Yeah. You know that front yeah. three system where you usually have Mane and 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 Salah and Firmino and you know the the problem is you're 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 playing that system. That's where I think you know Dave, you're right. Probably in that Origi's a target man. You're, you're probably better off. With the personnel we had, maybe trying something different shape wise. Even you know, a bit of a, a even a bit of a diamond and going with just an orthodox from two. Just we to, should just, have gone a bit longer, I think, as well, because because we had all those issues uh, it, through the centre of the park, really. You know, in, in midfield and and in defence, I think we should have we should have looked to go longer. I think we should have looked to 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 get players, you know, start particularly in around the region and get them playing as a front two. I think we should add a totally different plan and go. But do you see how small that, how small the eleven players on the field were compared to what we? It was really noticeable. I'd I'd mentioned it to Dave a couple of times this season about how big a side Liverpool looked. That was that was a tiny side that was out last night. Guys, I'll be honest. I I I presumed it was it was supposed to be a four four two, and I also presumed that it was supposed to be a four four two. Because of Daniel Sturridge, 
because Daniel Sturridge is used to playing in the two. He wants to play in the two. He's always played in the two when you've got the absolute best out of him. The the the, the three doesn't suit him. I'm not sure the four two three one would suit him either. Certainly playing as the as the the central striker. And yeah, maybe you're right, Johnny. Maybe a diamond in midfield rather than more of a flat four than we saw. But realistically, my opinion was that the system was designed around him. And I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, very. I presume when I saw the lineup that it would be a four-four-two, very much a four-four-two. Origian started up front, Shakiri on the right, Kaida on the left, and four-four-two. But um, it, it's if we were trying to work it out, we were watching it, and we seemed to be drifting between four-four-two, four-two-three-one. Uh, the odd time four-three-three. It was, it was, it wasn't really a very constant shape, and especially with players playing out of position and then having to make the substitution so early. And Milner trying to step in and cover for the young lad and and so on. So it kind of went, it all went by the wayside. And to be honest, I don't think we really wanted to win the game that much. Uh, It has to be said, I don't think Wolves were that desperate to win the game either because they also played absolutely terribly. We did say the first 45 minutes was the, the worst 45 minutes of football this season. I think it's one of the worst 45 minutes of competitive football I've ever seen between two top flight clubs. But, you know, it stepped up a little bit in the second half. But the reality is it was a dead rubber. And we're we're better off out of it. So, to be honest, I mean, I don't know how much more we need to go into it. It's it's not really going to define anything. A lot of those players, Sturridge, for example, who were playing, Marino as well, who were playing last night, aren't going to be at the club much longer. And we should probably draw a line under it. Dave, can I ask a question? You can do whatever you want, Dave. Just, just before, <laughs> just, to, just to close this, I come. Uh, it's something I have an opinion on, like, but I'm curious to see what your opinions are on it. It's like, do you think the weight of the number eight shirt has any relevance in Navikita's lack of form? Do you think it, uh, it's a weight on him? I, I've seen it written. I, I personally don't, but I, I'm curious to think that's to see what you guys think. I, I don't think so. Um, I think the the only player, if we're if we're, ta- I presume we're talking Steven Gerrard here, yeah, Dave. Um, I think the only player Steven it was, it was Steven written, Gerrard. Dave, it was a piece. It was written. I'm gonna see. I'm see if I can find it. Yeah. So there was a newspaper article, basically written from you know a millennial point of view. Let's call it, and you know that the majority of of the fan base who have come from around the world and blah 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 associate the number eight shirt with Stephen Gerrard. And now there's a weight of expectation that has moved on to Naby. I think it's bollocks, personally. Um, I, I think, I think the only person that Stephen Gerrard's shadow casts upon in Liverpool is Jordan Henderson. To be honest. Um, and I think he takes the majority, if not all, of that comparison, if you want, for for lack of a for lack of a any way reasonable word to describe it. Um, I think kind of is nothing like the player Steven Gerrard is. Um, his his stature, his size, um, his style. It, it's I think it's completely irrelevant. I think 
the way squad numbers are at Liverpool as well. You know, we saw we saw Salah from you know, swap numbers and and, and there's been a gap. And like there's that. been a couple and, of gap years there as well, Dave. This is why I find this so bizarre. You know, it's not as if you know Jared went last season and, and navigated to come into. It's been sitting vacant for a while. It, it's been done properly, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't see it. No, I think it's strange. I think I think there is I think there is a, a general concern starting to grow around Kaita's form. Um, and I think the fact that we saw flashes at the start of the season got everybody excited. Um, I think that the fact that he's been in and out with injury um, has, has bought time. I think the fact that we've seen, I think we've learned to wait for Klopp's signings to really bed in. And we, we know the form there. But I think at this point now, people, people were, were starting to expect to see him have a real influence on games and that hasn't really happened now I don't know why that is what I'm putting it down to is the fact that A he has been in and out and he has been injured and he's probably not seen as many training sessions as the likes of Fabinho has seen I think B there's apparently concerns about the fact that he still hasn't learned the language he knew he was coming to, to England for for six, seven months before he arrived and he, he didn't make an effort to learn the language. So I think that's a concern for the staff and I believe it's 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 probably hindering him on the pitch as well. Um, I also feel that the, the f- I'm not sure how well he understands the role yet of what he's meant to be doing at, at that kind of left hand side of that midfield three, um, and when it goes to the when it goes to the four the four two three one, it it's always going to be one of Wijnaldum, Henderson, and Fabinho in there if two of three of them are fit, and you know the, the other four guys they pick themselves at the moment, so that's hindered his opportunities in that regard. So. As I always say, Dave, when you're looking for an answer for something, it's normally a collection of things, and and that's what's springing to my mind. But I think the fact that he has a number eight on his back is fucking the farthest thing um, for the answer to to Kaita's form at the moment. Like, like honestly... You know, he's, the kid's had a real easy ride. There's nobody on his back. You know the way we get... You know, we're supporters of fucking... You know, we pay 56 million for this kid. Nobody gives a shit because, like, Shakiri could cost 13 million. He's banging goals in for us. He's doing the business. Everything's going well for us at the minute. This kid doesn't realise how lucky he is. You know, he's going under the radar. Imagine if this was, like, a couple of seasons back and this big sign arrived and was doing nothing. He, he's He's been very, very fortunate. And it's for that reason, I think, that, you know... I, I think he will come good at some point this season. I really do. Yeah, well, Dave, this could this could play this in a, a bizarre, perverse kind of way could play into our hands because you know with Oxley and Chamberlain coming back at the end of February, supposedly um, I'll caveat that and asterisk it and whatever else you want me to do with it. But if kind of does manage to find some kind of form in the next you know five six weeks, and then we've got Oxley and Chamberlain coming back into the fold, we have two massive weapons there that we didn't have all season, so. It could play into your hands if he can find that form, but Chief's right. I, I'm well, not that you're right, Chief. Well, you probably are, but um, I would agree with you that I think there's worse things that we could do than throw him in against Brighton in a settled side and try and get some consecutive games under his belt and see if you can 
play him in the form, so to speak. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what anybody else any opinion on on the kind of scenario. Yeah, just just that he would. But I think you, you, we should play him in the form. Like I think we we need to play. I don't think it's doing him any favor starting him in a in a side last night and and expecting that much from him. We've already said it was a it was an absolute hodgepodge, and um, you know expecting him to to kind of grab that game where the scruff is a bit um, is a bit rich. But uh, I think playing him certainly uh, starting him against Brighton in a in a settled side. Okay, you're probably going to have to have Fabinho at uh, at centre back, but you're going to have a strong midfield. Genie probably Hendo in there, and then your your choices either probably Shakiri or Kaida. And I think you know you could give Kaida the nod. Um, I think <clears throat> it's bound to come. To be honest, I don't think the number eight thing is a thing. I think he he chose that anyway. He wanted to 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 take it on, and maybe he's managed to make it a thing in his head. But I, I would doubt it. I haven't heard any anyone mention it. Certainly, no one amongst my Liverpool supporting friends or whatever has, has, has ever mentioned the the number. So I don't think uh, that's really got anything to do with it. But yeah, I think the more time because because maybe. He's had difficulty settling and maybe difficulty with the language and whatever. I think the only way to, to get that understanding and, and fewer training sessions perhaps as well, as you mentioned, Dave, the only way to get that understanding to play more minutes. I think it's a, yeah, Brighton are, are decent at home, there's no doubt, but they were decent at home last year and we went there and played a really unorthodox back three, which had Gini Wijnaldum playing left centre-back and we still won, I think it was 5-0 or very high-scoring game. So I think we have enough to go to Brighton, and, and I think Navi Kaida can only benefit from uh, from playing with the first team and, and being involved in games. You give him 60 and see how he goes, and, and then you've always got Shaqiri on the bench anyway. Um, I think that's that's probably the way forward. Okay. Johnny, it's two defeats back-to-back. Didn't think we'd be saying that. When only a matter of weeks ago, I was saying, "Who's going to beat this team? This is the best team I've ever seen." <laughs> and it's two defeats, two defeats back to back. So we're going to Brighton. It's as always. Every time we sit down and talk, it's the biggest game of the season. The next game is always the biggest game of the season. Um, Chief feels that kind of should get thrown in, try and play them in the form. We went there and battered them last year. That that's fair to say, um, but. We're four points clear, and a defeat and a city win makes it one point. So, what do you do? Do you go with what you know, or do you try and and get something out of someone? Um, do you try something different? Do you do you maybe try and give some of the guys who have played a lot of minutes this year a few more a few more minutes on the on the bench or on the periphery? I don't think so. I think, you know, um, with what you're seeing from club selection there, you know, we'll be full pelt at Brighton. I think the Kata Shakiri one's an interesting one because, you know, by the free kick, you know, I thought Shakiri was a real disappointment as well. He didn't really look arsed either to be out in the pitch, um, surrounded by a sort of second string. Um Kid is, is a strange one. I mean, I I totally agree with everything that's been said. I mean, it's nothing to do with Gerard, you know, as you say, Dave there, you know, um, Henderson's the one that's sort of as the captain that's dealt with that. Um, and it's not like he came into the team. Um, it's a really good point, actually. 
by, by Dave Karen there about, um, you know, the kid have been lucky. He is really lucky because he, you're quite right. How many years would Liverpool have a, a £50 million signing that's done as little as him? And we're not really hearing anything. And that's testament to how well the team's done without him. Um, but he showed, I thought, the game away at Burnley, he looked excellent. And I was sitting watching that going, ah, that's a kid and now he's going to kick on from here. thought he was yeah. absolutely brilliant in that game. You know, he yeah, Johnny, everything. I agree. I, I thought he was on the turn. I thought he was on the turn then. I thought that was the, I thought that was the start. So did I. And then if you think about it as well, he also started the game at Spurs and he had a really good game there against Spurs at Wembley. So I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility the club plays them at Brighton. You know, if it will, I think it will be a choice between him and Shakiri because it will be Wijnaldum and Henderson, no doubt about that. Fabinho's probably going to have to partner Virgil uh, at centre-back. Uh, but Brighton aren't great. I mean, they're you know they've got a reputation. They're a tough side to beat at home. They'll dig in, but we've we've got the firepower. I actually do think this weekend's a big opportunity because we play. You know, obviously three o'clock Saturday. Spurs play on Sunday against United at four. I'd still expect them to beat United, but you know they've had a, a game tonight, a tough game against Chelsea. In the League Cup, they've won one 0 but you know they, their big names were playing right to the death. Um, and then City have an interesting one. It's a Monday night game. And those Monday night games can be a strange one, and they're playing Wolves. And even though they're at home, you know Wolves will have had a week's break side to counter attack City. So um, I, I would like to see City stepping out on Monday night, seven points behind us again, um, with the onus on them to cut the gap. So. To be honest, I think whatever team he picks, I think it'll be our normal front three or goalkeeper. It'll be the normal back four bar. It'll be Fabinho and alongside Van Dijk. And then I think his choices, probably Keita or Shaqiri, neither of them really screamed, <laughs> pick me, pick me after the game. But I don't think you'll see too much change, Dave, and I wouldn't be changing now. You know, there's 17 cup finals left and we've just got to keep winning and winning. These next five games feel... Huge, you know. If we get fifteen points out of these next five, we're going to be in a hell of a position going into the Man United game and, and the Champions League tie. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. Um, it's it's an opportunity for us to strike back, as the as the manager likes to put it. Um, Dave, do you expect us to strike back? The hell I do. Um, with a vengeance. Um, look, uh, uh, they see the FA Cup game last night. Take it out. Of it. It, 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 this isn't. It's almost like not part of this season. I, I don't think it'll even be in consideration for in the preparation for this game at all because none of the players involved. It was a mishmash. So when was the last time we didn't bounce back in the league? I don't think we've ever lost two consecutive league games under Jurgen Klopp. Um, so, uh, you know, normally when we have a loss, um, certainly under Klopp, we have reacted very, very well to it. And, you know, what, what you said there about the next coming games, they are so important. Um, you know, just getting ahead against Brighton here at the weekend and just getting those points on the board um, as we go along. Uh, you know, I expect us to lift 15 points. I really do um, f- from those games. And, you know, as I said to you, 
as well in that time. I think it's our next next six fixtures take us to February the 19th. City of nine fixtures in, in that time. You know, and, and I saw another nice little stat as well. Um, after 21 games, Pep Guardiola, whenever he's been chasing for a title, has never won it. So, you know, we, we, we keep getting the negative things about Liverpool. Oh, they're the only team that's done this and the only time. There's one, there's one for, for, uh, Guardiola. So, you know, I, I still, I still think this is very much on for us. I think it's still very much, I love that it's in our own hands. And I, I would imagine that Klopp goes into that dressing room and, and doesn't really have a lot to say. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the, the Vincent Company and Virgil van Dijk moment. Uh, that should tell you everything. I don't think Klopp needs to say a word. I think Big Virgil will say it. Um, and, and I would expect them to, to, to be back with a vengeance. Um, I, I really do. You know, Klopp will sit, just tell them, you know, the destiny's still in their own hands. They're four points clear. Uh, you know, he, he admitted it himself. He would pay good money if, if, if he offered it to him at the start of the season to be four points ahead of them sitting with 21 games played. He would pay good money for it. We're, we're, we're in a great shape. I, I, I really do see the, the right reaction coming and, and I pity Brighton. Dave, do you know what as well? Just uh, uh, when we're talking about stats and that, I heard a really interesting one. I think it was Simon Brundish had it up on Twitter where he basically said that if Liverpool between now and then, they'll see Liverpool three games left against the, the top six. Um, so we've got to go to United and we've got to play Chelsea and we've got to play Spurs at home. I think that's it, isn't it? Um, but basically his point was if Liverpool... Forget those games. If Liverpool do what they've done this season so far and win every game against the teams outside the top six, if Liverpool just carry on and do that, they would they would finish on 96 points. And basically his point was, if they finish on 96 points, Man City could only afford to lose one game and and, and basically, you know, win, win the rest. I think that shows you you know what? A, what a strong position it is to to be in. Um, you know, so we, we've just got to. These are the games at the so weekend where we've there's got. There's a massive downplaying, you know, coming from the club, and 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 it's understandable. But you know, but it's out there, and there's no two ways about it. They can only downplay it so much. We're fans. We've waited a long time for a team of this quality. You know, we need to discuss it. We need to discuss you. You know, that we are on a title charge here, and what we need to be doing to win it. And and, and it's something we shouldn't be shying away from. Uh, you know, I I do understand the whole Klopp mentality and everything. But but as fans, there's no there's no shame in talking about it. Exactly, exactly. And I think we're in good shape, Dave. And I think we'll win convincingly as well. I think we'll win three now. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, 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 I'll see you. You're three nil, and I'll raise you four. But anyhow, um, Chief, anything to add on Brighton? I know you think we'll will convincingly win, and and you're fairly kind of in for the Brighton game for for your own reasons, and I, I tend to agree with you. But anything more to add? No, I don't think so. I think it's pretty much been said. Obviously, every game is the or the next game is the the most important game, and every game is like that. Um, but I do, I agree with Dave. Uh, I do see a good reaction coming. I agree with his point. We've never lost two in the league in a row under Klopp, and I think it was around yeah around about this time last year we we beat City four three. 
and then the next game we lost to lost to Swansea at home. And the game after we went on and lost to West Brom at home in the fourth round of the cup. And that was two in a row, just like we've done now, but not two league games. And then from there, we went uh, on a seven-game unbeaten run until United. So I think, we're, you know, we're in, we're in good shape. As Dave said, we don't tend to suffer these hangovers. When, when you lose one in the league, we tend to bounce back. Obviously, it's the first time it's happened this season. So, you know, new season and, and whatever you hope, you know, that adage kind of holds true. And we, we do bounce back, but I agree with uh, Johnny as well, Brighton, Although they're tough, tough to beat at home, they're in, inver- in inverted commas, like cliche of the of the century. But they don't have the quality really to cope with us. So as long as we play to our to our standard, we should win that game. But um, it's absolutely necessary, obviously. Okay, Grant. Just before we go, then, Chief, there's there's been a it's it's January, it's it's transfer season, and there's all kinds of shape being printed in the press about this player, that player, and the other player. And we've seen Liverpool linked with, um, of course, Fakir again, um, which I can't imagine is it really ever going to happen now at this point. Um, we've seen the tur- the latest nationality insert nationality Messi, the Turkish Messi now, um, for. 27 million or something pounds um, at Transponspor. Um, and we've seen some fairly bizarre links with Coutinho. Um, and apparently with a buyback clause, or not a buyback clause, but like a percentage percentage sell-on clause there. So wouldn't it be dead funny if we bought Coutinho and then Barcelona also had to pay us for buying him? <laughs> that would be poetic justice. That would be good. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be really funny? Um, but the one I wanted to talk to you about is um, Timo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Timo Werner. Timo Werner has been told, I'm sure everybody knows this, but um, just for some wee bit, a wee bit of context, Timo Werner has been told by Leipzig to sign a contract in which his contract's up in 18 months or he will be sold. And that is that. Um, pretty much on the line and I think we all know Ralph Ragnick well enough after the kind of debacle to say that he doesn't fuck around so it's been documented that Klopp's looking for a centre forward certainly in the summer um, that's, his, that's his priority um, you'll have seen more of Werner than the rest of us have do you think that do you think he's the right kind of fit do you think he is the do you think he is the um, fits the model of the type of player that that we have been recently signing? Because I've looked at the links between this young fella at, at in Turkey, and he doesn't seem to fit the recent model um, of buying you know teenagers for ridiculous amounts of money and hoping. I think that probably died with with Lazar Markovic. Um, but does he fit that bill? Yeah, well, he fits. He fits our current model definitely. I mean, he's yeah, perhaps a little on the young side of it. If you consider we're we're mostly kind of being aiming at kind of twenty four, twenty five uh, age group uh, for the signings most recently. I think Mo Salah was was twenty three, twenty four. I think uh, Mane was twenty five. I think Genie's uh, twenty five, and so on. Um, he's he's a little younger but he, you know he's, he's he's got all the experience you know he's he's played over 100 Bundesliga games he's scored plenty of goals he's played 24 times for Germany already he's uh, scored nine international goals already I think 
Um, yeah, I mean, he plays for a team that's in in Red Bull Leipzig or R- Rasen Bull Sport Leipzig, um, who play a, a quick, high-pressing game as well. They like to break. Um, they also play with a front three. He plays. He plays a pressing game. He's used to it. He's, he's he's dynamic. He's quick over the first few yards. He's quick in his mind. He's uh, he can play across the front. Although you know he's pretty much uh, he's pretty much all all on the one foot like. But uh, he can play. He can play out wide and he can play through the middle. And he's in. He's 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 been at Leipzig now three years and done excellently for them. He's he's had them challenge it. You know he's been part of a team that the challenge for the Bundesliga title. The team it's gone to Bayern Munich and, and beaten them. You know in in, in big games. Um, obviously they've, they've fallen short a little bit, but they've they've done well in Europe, uh, notably in the Europa League. They I think they made the semis last year. So you know he's playing at a at a decent level um, and. By all accounts, he's not going to sign a new contract. So it all depends. Of course, the, there's the obligatory Bayern Munich interest, you know. But they're they're a club in 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 a bit of turmoil at the minute. Um, so you know, it's 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 one of those. Um, we definitely, I think, want a striker. I think you know, it's on the record. Klopp's mentioned it, as you said, but also you look at us clearing our decks. With the likes of Solanke going, money on the table, it seems, for Origi as well. And he'd be allowed to leave for the right price. Sturridge likely off in the summer. So, I mean, it's, it's clearing out not only in terms of, of numbers, but also in terms of wages. So, you're going to go after somebody big. And for me, Timo Warner would fit the mold. He's he's a good age. He's, uh, as I said, you know, he's experienced. He obviously speaks Klopp's language. Um, he's obviously familiar with the system and so on. So I think it's it's a bit of a no-brainer if you can go in and get him. Plus he's he's going to go a little cheaper as well because of the the contract situation. Um, so yeah, I think it's it would be one that would be very exciting if we. What could, do you class as cheaper, Chief? Just out of curiosity. Well, you're not. Well, you're, you're certainly not going to be looking at a hundred million or anything like that. I mean, I think you're probably going to be looking at, at the likes of about sixty-five, seventy. Do you really think it'll be that much? Because I had like maybe like 40, 45 in my head with the 18 months left. Well, it depends how much that affects things. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, it, it could be a bit less. But in terms of market value, you know, you're definitely saying he's worth more than more than an Abi Kaida. You know, um, strikers always are worth more than midfielders. And he's he's proven it at, at, at international level as well. Um so and he's gonna be he's gonna be looked at by by a lot of clubs. I mean, it's not just gonna be us. So there is gonna be a bit of a bit of a bid war going on. You would imagine, unless you can you you know we can do something to 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 turn his uh, turn his head, so to speak. You know, like we did with Van Dijk. Um, if you you know if you if you get the only run at him, you you might get him for less. But I think he's probably how strong is the force in him for for Bayern. Is it the, the typical German player wants to play for the premier club of uh, of the country, or w- do you think he'd be open well, to a I mean, move? Is, is, is the, the obviously the Barcelona, the Real Madrid for the, the Spanish players and the and, and South American players, isn't it? You know, for a German, they want to they want to play at Bayern. It's it's the pinnacle for German football, but at the same time, it's not in a good place right now. Um, there are rumours that Kovac may not last. 
He's certainly, I mean, it looks like he's probably shored, shored himself up, but um, for the for the time being. But you know, it's touch and go how long he's going to last, and the jury's certainly out. It, it, it depends how the rook runner goes the, the second half of the season, whether he'll um, he'll have a job next season. So, do you want to sign, you know, for a club? Well, you don't know who the manager is going to be. There's a lot of transition going on there as well. They still haven't cleared out a Robin, a Ribery. They're still involved there. Lewandowski's reaching the end of his time, but he's still firing in the goals. So I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to fight it out with him to get. You've to also get... you've you've Hummels and Boateng there as well, who are, who are no spring yeah. chickens either, and you you kind of have it by in this scenario where. There's not really, there's not really, there's there's none of those players that you were talking about that we have been targeting the signings. There's none of your 25, 26 year old players who are about to reach the peak of your career. You've either got Kimmich's and Nabri's and and, and Goretzka's and players like this, or the the Robins and the Ribery's and the Lewandowski's and the Boatangs. And the funny thing is that the the, the younger, the younger. Uh, Set, shall we say, the the, the Nabries and, and the Kimmiches, although they've they've shown in patches, they're, they're probably not of the same level that the Robins and the Ribries were when when they were signed, and the Robins and Ribries obviously aren't at the same level as they were when they were signed. So you you've got a bit of a disconnect going on there, and it, unless Bayern get it really right in the next twelve months, they could be they could find themselves behind Dortmund for a few years now. You know, this is a, a big transition time because they're really going to have to shift the faces of, of most they, of their team. They, 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 all of them, you've got Manchester United, um, Bayern and Real, and Real Madrid, three of the big powerhouses in Europe who are going through transition at this time. One could argue maybe a bit of Barcelona there as well after, yeah. after Xavi and Iniesta. You know, all these powerhouses in Europe. So the players, you know, the players are going to be at a premium. Um, and, and, you know, to sign anybody... Good is is gonna cost a damn lot of money, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. You're not gonna get a team Werner for between a forty and fifty million. Um, I would not have thought. But can, but can Bayern uh, have the financial muscle for wages like the Premier League? I know that the Bundesliga generally doesn't work on the same basis as the Premier League, but Bayern's a bit different. What, what, would they be able to you know match wages the likes of us and whatnot? How how well would they compete with us? Well, for their top stars, they get top dollar. Like, I mean, you know, they, they, the wages are are as good. Almost, I mean, they're not Manchester City good, but they're Liverpool good um, for for the for the top players. There's no doubt. But they've got a lot of, you know, they've got quite a few high earners still on the on the wage bill, as, as we've been talking about. Your Botans, your 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 Robins, your Ribberies, and so on. And then these are guys, and and they've also brought players in, Taliso and and players like that who. You know they've had they've had they've had their their issues. They haven't played as much for one reason or another. Uh, injury form, manager, new manager coming in, and a new style and, and so on. So they're a little bit they're a little bit in a mess, shall we say? Because there are problems kind of everywhere. They've they've gambled on a young manager who they weren't a hundred. You know they were always going to be rumblings about because he's a young manager, and you know they bring him in. He's untested. Never had a job that big, so they bring him in and. He, he, you know, they bring him in with a remit for change because he, he has to make the squad uh, make that next move to, to, to begin transition. So he starts to do things. Maybe it's a bit quick. Results don't go so well. Then there are grumblings. Who is this guy? Does he know we are Bayern Munich? Does he know how to manage us? He's not, not big enough. Same that we had with, with Rodgers to a certain extent there. Although 
you know, uh, Bayern Munich aren't in that he's not coming into Bayern Munich in the position that Rodgers came in, came into yeah. Liverpool, of course, they were much higher. But, um, but in you know, at the end of the day, the question is, does Timo Werner or Timo Werner in his mind, will he, will he weigh up that, that big picture and will he look at Bayern Munich and, um, and, and say, okay, will he try and analyze it? And, and look at Liverpool. Does he know enough about Liverpool? Will he know enough to say, look, this is a, a team that's really going somewhere, and I can I can fulfil my my international dreams? Because usually that's mostly what um, what what you know. It's the number one thing for a German football. They want to be a, a German national star, and being a star at Bayern Munich is is a surefire way to do that. So he's got a lot of things to think about. But if he can analyse it and does choose to analyse it in, in that kind of a way and that's the most important thing for him is is to, to win trophies and, and be the best that he can be and he's willing to take the chance to move to another country then Liverpool would be the, the right choice having said that I mean how many how many footballers look at, at all, all the angles and so on and, and maybe if Bayern Munich come along and say Timo we want you to come to us he'll have his head turned um We'll have to wait and see, but if we could get him, it would be it would be an excellent sign. Okay, so um, interesting that 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 we do have Baron in the next round of of the Champions League, obviously. So absolutely, we'll I mean, if we were to spank Bayern Munich and the choice were between the two of us, that that might you know tip tip him one way or the other. You never know. Yeah, I, th- I think so, and I think the fact of the matter is, you know, you, you mentioned the other clubs across Europe there, and um, I think. People tout the Premier League as the best league in the world constantly, but I think at this point in time, it probably is realistically the best league in the world and it has the strongest sides in the world um, and it has the best run clubs in the world right now. Um, if you want to, you know, exclude maybe Juventus. So the best best managers as well, the best coaches. Well, 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 that's it. Yeah, the best coaches, the best players, the best wages, the most exposure. So we'll wait and see. Um, on the other side of things, you could look at what happened to what's what's currently what's happened to, to Nabi Kaida, and he might look and go, no, maybe maybe not. On the other hand, he could look at Emre Chan. So we just don't know. Um, but on that note, um, Johnny, anything before we go? Anything more like to plug? Anything, anything at all, Johnny. Absolutely no. I'm just um, up the fucking reds. We're still going to win the league, so everybody just needs to chill out. Yeah, that that'll do me. Um, Dave, have you got anything before we go apart from Narcos Mexico, please? No, I, you've just done it for me, Dave. I don't need to say anymore. I, I agree with John. Up the fucking reds for winning the league. Good enough, Chief. Yeah, I'll just I'll just add to that. Forget forget the FA Cup. It's unimportant. We're going to win the league and we're going to have a real good go at the double. So you never know. League and Champions League for the Reds. Up the Reds. All right, cool. I just want to say people stop cheering when the ball hasn't gone into the net yet, especially when you're in a crowd. Do it all you want by yourself. Teenagers stay off Twitter and stop tweeting shit about football because you know nothing. And up the fucking edge.